0: Welcome to a Tuesday night edition of the Land of Free podcast, a mid-playoffs edition. This is your host, Sam Carlson, coming to you from Chicago. Joined here in Chicago by Mark Gusich, Travis Warinski, and the Gateway to the West. And then on the West Coast, we have Dylan Tito. How's everybody doing? Doing good tonight, Sam. I think we're uh, we're all pretty excited to uh, to talk about the matchups. We've got the uh, Houston Rockets and the Spurs, Wizards, Boston, both knotted up at uh, at twos. Uh, definitely you know, excited to get everyone's take on how this is going to play off to uh, to get to the Eastern and Western Conference semis. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we're jumping in on is the series that are still alive. Uh, recently, the Warriors were able to close out the Jazz in a sweep, relatively uncompetitive series, and the uh, Cavaliers were able to close out Toronto in a sweep. So a lot of off-season questions for some of those teams that I just mentioned. But diving right into the series that are still alive, We are heading into a uh, game five tonight, Houston and San Antonio series tied at two. Uh, A lot of people were excited about this being a competitive series, guys. I really haven't seen one good game go down between the two teams. Obviously, they were each able to steal one on the other's home court, but the margin of victories have been, you know, 27, 25, and I think 11 and 15. Um, I'm hoping that this game five is a, a little bit of a closer game but what do you think Travis who, who do you give the edge now that the series has tied it to I still like the Spurs I know Tony Parker losing him
1: is it's hurting their depth I think we saw that effect with the John T. Murray trying to step in and, and take the role over Tony Parker but with the adjustments they've made tonight um going going ahead and sticking Patty Mills in the starting lineup and just going to a Ginobili, Simmons, Kyle Anderson type point guard um, to cover those those minutes. I still like what the Spurs can do. I don't really like them giving in and going small. I do I do think in order to beat the Rockets, you're gonna have to give them something that they're not used to. And I think if Aldridge and Gasol can play at a high level and give you you know 35 points combined, I, I still like I still like the Spurs in this series, but it's tough, um, especially, you know, the, getting these bigs on the wings. I don't know if they can sustain it for another couple of games. And it doesn't look great for, you know, if they win and going forward against the Warriors.
0: Yeah, and, and you, you touched on something important, the big-time contrasting styles. We just found out that Nene has a groin injury and he's going to be out for the rest of the playoffs. Sounds like, God uh, really not confident in Montres Harrell who got a lot of PT during the uh, regular season, but he's made the decision going into tonight's matchup that Ariza is going to start at the four. They're going to plug Eric Gordon into the starting lineup, and they're actually going to bring Brian Anderson off the bench as the uh, backup center. Popovich is sticking with his his too-big look. What? Uh, so it's, it's really a battle of styles. Mark, which uh, which style do you see playing out, going big or going small?
2: Um, I think the Spurs are going to play small more, as we saw Um, Simmons has been getting a lot more minutes. Um, I I agree with Trav. They're going to have to stay big at times if they're going to want to beat the Rockets, you're going to beat them at their own game. And I keep seeing Ryan Anderson on the Marcus Aldridge. If he can't exploit that matchup, then I'm absolutely done with him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we've seen Aldridge and Gasol both in the past in their careers, really be able to be effective post-up players and take advantage of their size. I think it's also going to be a big factor on how much they can dominate the offensive glass, really just the glass in general. Um, But I mean, if you get, if you're Pau Gasol, you're seven, one, you're LaMarcus Aldridge, you're six, 11, and you get switched, you know, Ryan Anderson or Trevor Reese or James Harden on you, you've got to be able to score on them pretty much every time. Um, Dylan, I know, uh, I know you're a fan of the too big look and and making sure guys like MB are able to bring the post back. Do you see this as a, uh, sort of a miniature moratorium on what style can uh, can still win in the NBA? You know, I actually separated it from, from the people that are on the court, but when it comes down to a 2-2 series and, and, you know, you're looking at both teams, you're betting on pop every time. So I'm going with San Antonio 100%, but I will say this, for the next round, I think the more difficult matchup is a small ball Rockets team. So I think if the Rockets get past San Antonio, if they can roll out there with the Nene injury and they're going small and just running and gunning, that's the best shot to get past the Warriors. But in this series, particularly, I'm betting pop over Dan Tony at the house. Now, now I've, I've heard a lot of that is a lot of people saying, you know, the Rockets have a puncher's chance. Probably there good a chance as anybody, you know, in the Western conference of being the Warriors are running for their money, but, I feel like, Travis, didn't we see last year that a good formula to try and take the Warriors was what the Thunder did, was keeping two bigs on the floor, grabbing every single offensive rebound, really dominating the pace of play and just making it difficult for the Warriors to get into their running style? And even following up on that, didn't we see that two years ago with Cleveland slowing down the pace on them as well? Don't you think that, uh, or do you think that slowing down the pace can be an effective strategy or do you need to try and outscore the Warriors? The Warriors have mastered small ball. They have the most lethal shooters
1: in the game, plus Kevin Durant. Like, you can't outscore this team. You're going to have to find another way to go about doing it, unless you have LeBron James and his supporting cast and Kyrie Irving. The Rockets and Spurs don't possess that. I honestly think the biggest, the best chance of someone getting out of the West is like what you alluded to. That's what uh, what the Thunder did last year they started playing this volleyball ball with them and had a couple of bigs on the floor and able to use their length against these teams. And you almost saw a little bit in that jazz series where they started to really take, take advantage of driving a lot more and quit settling for these threes and, and trying to filter people in a, in, the go bear a little bit. So I, I don't think the right formula is to go small against a team. That's probably the best ever at doing it. So you got to find another way to, Slow them down, and I think having a couple of bigs in there, you know, being able to offensive rebound and, and slow the game down is the way to go. But you know, I I still don't like the the odds now of
0: you know someone beating the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what makes winning in the playoffs against a better team so difficult this day and age. Is every every series is a seven game series? But I agree with what you're saying completely because I mean. The more, if you're a more talented team, which the Warriors are more talented than any team maybe we've ever seen, then the more possessions you have, the greater sample size you're providing your awesome players to be awesome. So, I definitely think it behooves a team that's trying to take the Warriors down, just like LeBron James in the last two finals, has really been able to dictate the pace of play. I touched on the Thunder being able to slow them down is the best strategy. Uh, so just rapid now, rapid fire here, rapid fire, guys, I want to ask you a question. If you had if you had to choose, what team would you enjoy the most to see get out of the West? Who would you take? The Warriors. To, I mean, it's tough just because I've sort of seated that the Warriors will get out of the West and I don't really have any hope for the other two teams. I, I'd say Warriors only because Warriors, Cavs is what at least I and
1: I believe everybody else wants to see in the end. I would like to see the Warriors get there just because... I'd like to see Draymond
0: lose one more time to LeBron, but you
1: know, that's not.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is though, if it's not up, if it's not at up 7-7 where the Warriors are playing the Rockets or Spurs, you don't think you'll be behind the TV just chanting for, for the Spurs or the Rockets to squeak it by. That's very true. I would definitely I, if it's a good series, I would definitely go with whoever's competing against the, uh, the Warriors because I mean, look, they're the they're the 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 Goliath. I mean, we all knew that they were the best team last year. LeBron showed he was the best player in the world and got the Cavs over the hump, needing Draymond Green to be out. But then they added Kevin Durant to that mix. I would love to see those assholes lose. I don't think they're going to. But Dylan, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I would I would be chanting at the TV to see somebody upset them. But it's like the it's like the March Madness effect. You get all these awesome upsets that you're rooting for in the yeah. first and
1: second round, but you don't want to see those 12 seeds play the one seed for a national championship game. Like it, it's just deflating. So as much as you want to see the Warriors get beat, I'd still want to see that rematch just to you know the third time and see who comes out on top. Would, you wouldn't like would like to see Kawhi go head to head with LeBron. Uh, well, I would like to see that, but I still would like to see Draymond get beat one more time. I I got a lot of I got a lot. <laughs> I'd like, of like to see Draymond be... win one more
2: time.
0: I got a lot of friends that would be sick if LeBron got a hold of the Rockets in the finals, went four games, and got his fourth ring. A lot of people would be sick. <laughs> uh, a lot of people would be sick
2: it? if he goes six and loses to the Rockets.
0: That's true. Oh. I don't understand why Mark wants to be a Draymond Green lover so much. I mean, this guy's calling out Kelly Olnick for being a dirty player. <laughs> he let's stop making this question. about
2: Draymond Green. Of of all people on the Warriors, I do not want to see the Cavs Warriors because of specifically Draymond Green. <laughs> Dude, he not in Fake, tough guy,
0: <laughs> Kevin Durant. Dylan, if I could have told you, <laughs> you know,
2: a month ago, going into the playoffs, you could have a guy that's averaging fifteen, nine, and seven, two steals, two and a half blocks, fifty percent from the floor, and fifty-one percent from three, taking five a game while defending. Would you take that?
0: Guy's got his Samsung laptop fired up. He just read the stats off like it's going to impress us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just kidding. Would you? Not would you rather
1: take five? I'd rather have a guy that plays seven games,
0: but so that's just me. I can't stand Draymond, so I, I can't get on board with you. But it, it kills me every game that he's effective. I die a little bit, and I, I can't watch every every game that he goes. You know, close to a triple double. It just irks right. me. It drives off. Nuts. Topic. <laughs> All right. So backtracking a little bit here. Dylan gave us his prediction. He, he's going pop, which is always a good a good coach to go with. Uh, You've got San Antonio getting out of this series. Travis, who do you have winning? The Rockets or the Spurs? Ultimately, I have the Spurs winning, but I'd also like a follow-up
1: question: Why isn't Montrose Harrell playing? Is he played just like Nene in the regular season? I'm kind of confused why there's no there's a lack of faith in Harrell. Doesn't trust a young player, I guess. I
2: feel like this is D'Antoni's excuse to just absolutely fire him up. <laughs> Now he could just pull that. Well, he's young. I don't trust him. And now we're going to play four guards in Ryan Anderson.
1: But if you're playing Ryan Anderson at the five, how can you possibly stop Marcus Sol or not Marcus Soll, but Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge in on the block? Or Kawhi Leonard. Like, who's
0: guarding who on this team? Like, it makes yeah, no I don't sense say, if you're going to play Anderson. I don't think, I don't no think Anderson five. ever looked at it again. Amen. I don't think that they're planning on trying to stop them, Trev. I think that's the thing. I think they're going to try and force a miss here or there, but I think they're essentially saying, if you guys are going to try and post up and shoot twos every position, we're going to go down and try and get a three every position, and the law of averages will end up in our favor. So I, I really don't think Dan Toney's thinking about the defensive end of the floor, honestly. I think he's thinking all about how many threes can we do. Be he better think about it if the Spurs beat him a buck ten to 95 tonight. Yeah, but do you think the Spurs can actually hold in the 95, playing Pau Gasol and Marcus Aldridge on all the shooters they have? They can if Kawhi's sticking on Harden. All right. Well, so so Dylan's got San Antonio. Mark, I didn't get your prediction yet. Are you are you jumping on the San Antonio train as well?
2: Ah, I'm gonna stick to it. I think when push comes to shove, obviously I'm gonna trust Pop. I think. <laughs> when it comes down to Kawhi versus Harden one-on-one, I think so far throughout the series, Kawhi's shown that he can win that battle.
1: What well, happened right. to your guys' predictions? Your guys were all Houston at the beginning. You
0: hey, know. whoa, whoa, whoa. What are, you, what are you jumping on, Trav? I never gave my prediction. I'm sticking with Houston. How do you like that? All right. Finally, I think someone. it's. I think it's a lesser extent of the series, what we saw between the Thunder and the Warriors last year. I think that the Spurs can go into the game and execute great for 40 minutes, but they're going to give up a few two to four minute runs to the, to the Rockets where they just start jacking in, you know, four or five threes in a row and they run away with the games. So I think they've got the firepower, regardless of who wins. You've got all the, you three have San Antonio, I have Houston. Anybody speak up to say that there's a chance one of those two teams takes down the Warriors. I'll actually let you Trav start because I know in your predictions, you had the Spurs doing it. Yeah. I still like San
1: Antonio having a shot again. I think, they're going to have to do the opposite of what what the Warriors are doing, and play Aldridge and Gasol, you know, at least thirty thirty five minutes, and really pound the offensive glass, slow this game down, and put the put the ball in Kawhi Leonard's hands almost every single time because he needs to have that much um, ball control over this series. They're not really going to have a chance, but I still I still think San Antonio has a shot.
0: Dylan, Mark, any chance San Antonio gets past the Warriors? Well, zero with the gun. Yeah,
2: I don't think there's a chance. When you look at Durant, and, and Green, and Clay, all these different wing defenders they can throw at Kawhi, I don't think the Spurs have a chance. And quite frankly, I think they'll run the Rockets off the floor.
0: Dylan? Yeah, zero chance. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think the Rockets have a better chance than the Warriors. Just because without Tony Parker, I mean, who's going to get you offense for the Spurs on the perimeter? I think it's just too tough to Patty manufacture that. To... Patty Mills, Patty Mills. <laughs> Patty Mills. All right, let's let's move on to the East, uh, East Coast. We uh, we've still got a good series going on here, pretty similar to the Houston, uh, San Antonio series. Each team has uh, been able to win two of the four games. Uh, we're going to Game Five in Boston tomorrow night. Uh, I think Boston is slightly favored at home, but it's been a, a series that seems to be pretty dominated tempo-wise and at least for the get-go of the games by Washington. Mark, do you uh do you see I'm sorry, do you see Washington or Boston having an advantage in this series? Um I I kind of still side with
2: Boston here. Um I don't really know why. I think both teams have traded blows. They've gone back and forth. They've both shown things. I just, I feel like Isaiah Thomas is going to have another two games that he just goes off, and I think that's going to be tough to that's going to be tough to overcome, especially with a couple with games left in Boston.
0: what do you, man? I fucking hate Boston's team. I can't stand watching them. <laughs> I mean, like every single time you get the Wizards that are up a significant amount. It's just always in the back of your mind that this fucking Boston team is going to make a run and take the game. But I am, fingers crossed, praying that John Wall can pull this one out. I'd love to see the Wizards do past them. Can't stand anything yeah. that Boston's doing. Can't stand watching Isaiah Thomas dribble around, get absolutely, just get freaking bumped ever so slightly. And because he's 5'8", the refs will call every single, they'll blow every single whistle. It's terrible.
1: You know, but it's not just anything. him. It's every player in the NBA, though. Everyone's yeah, it's it's bad funny. news. Yeah, but he's so small that he gets all the whistles. Harden gets so them Harden all. Harden, Patty, Patty Mills get some. Harden gets some. Curry, Durant, get everyone gets them. It's just change the
0: rule. Yeah, I agree with that. No, no more swing through to get a foul. If the guy's arm is there, he has right to that space. You can't just fucking jump into it. You can't. Yeah, but he can't. Yeah, but he goes. He goes recklessly to the rim and gets tapped, and he goes flying because he doesn't have the mass of some of these guys in the middle. It's an automatic. It just looks like a foul. No, I, I see. I even agree with that, Dylan. I don't think he goes flying through the lane and gets tapped. I think he purposely tries to jump into the defender when the defender's keeping a level plane moving side to side. He jumps into the defender's chest, and the referees give him the whistle because he's tiny. Exactly. The hell out well, of well, that's, exact, that's James Harden's move. He invented it. No, so. no, 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 no. Have you seen how the Spurs have been constantly defending James Harden with their hands out? Their hands as far away from the – from James Harden's move is to see that your hand is in the cookie jar and then rip through it. His move isn't to try and jump into your chest sideways and try and get a contact body foul. His move is to get your hands in there and get your, you reaching and hitting his arm, which he's great at drawing. Isaiah tries to jump into your body when you're standing there level. I never see him trying to do that. Have you seen Harden and Lou Williams come off a the screen? They do that? Well, yeah. I'm talking, about get, I'm talking about getting to the rim. But regardless, so Dylan's got, uh, Dylan's got Washington and wants to see Washington pull it out. And if you're a fan of, uh, of big basketball, I would agree, considering the Celtics were running on a lineup with Avery Bradley, who's 6'2", if they're a small forward through parts of this series. And that makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. But uh, Trav, what do you got in this series? Do you you see Houston? I'm sorry. Do you see Boston pulling it out, or do you see Washington getting the upset and winning one in the Garden? No, I still like Washington. I think
1: I just they just feel like they've been in control of every single game, and they've let these leads slip away. Uh, I still alluded to like these huge leads in the first quarter, and they I don't know, for whatever reason they're not holding on to it. But I just feel like they're the more confident team. They're the more, they're just the more well-rounded team. And I think that that five, that starting five nucleus is so good, but damn, Isaiah Thomas is unbelievable. Watching him make some of those shots. So that 50 point game was, if he has a couple of those, I mean, there's, you're not going to win, but I feel like Washington, I love how John Wall's playing right now. And, you know, if Bradley Beal can, you know, do what he did last game and kind of take over for spurts. There's no way the Celtics can defend that backcourt.
0: Yeah, and, uh, Isaiah Thomas' the fifty-three point game was unfreaking believable. Having that good said, the Wizards defended it like they'd never played NBA defense ever. Like they were like begging Marcin Gortat to switch on to Isaiah Thomas or Marquise Morris. Ever since that game, they've changed up their schemes. They've ru- they've run more traps at Isaiah. They've gotten the ball out of his hands more. They've switched less big onto him, and he's been essentially rendered ineffective compared to what he usually does. So I do not see Isaiah Thomas having obviously another 50 point game, but I don't even see him going into the forties, you know, at this point. So I honestly, I think John Wall's the better player. I think I've never seen somebody dominate it. or I have seen people do it, but I haven't seen him ever dominate a quarter. Like he did the first quarter of game two. And even though the Boston, you know, made that run and came back and won the game. I think Travis on the head. I think Washington has a right to have won all four of these games. They took it home. They dominated both the games at home, and now they're coming back with a lot of momentum. So, I think they take Game Five, and I think the series is over in six. It's the Washington
2: team, like I think from a talent standpoint, like I love Wall, and I, I I love the team. I just all season, like I just don't trust them, and you see it in these games. And so, like while well, you could look at it and say. They 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 could have won all four. I mean, I just can't trust them to give me two out of three consistent games on both ends of the floor. Trust, have trust
1: in John I have trust in John Wall and Beale. But I He's really I like how I like how Otto Porter's playing. And I especially like Kelly Lennon getting shoved to the floor. That was very nice to
0: see. <laughs> I just just want to be a fan of of good GMing, and I don't want the Boston Celtics to make the conference finals when they didn't move any of their assets at the trade deadline when I was checking my phone every half an hour for three straight days. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. agree. They they put together a good roster. They made a good trade two years ago to get Markeith Morris. Uh, I just think they've done an awesome job assembling that team whereas Boston's just sort of throwing scraps together. Yes, they have guys on awesome contracts, but I like to see good moves prevail, so I would really love to see Washington
2: win the series. Wouldn't the Celtics making the conference finals without moving any of their assets be the definition of a good GM move? Not if they get kicked. Well, they, they're both getting kicked either way. I don't think that's in anyone's control.
0: That's actually that's actually where I have a little contention. I think the Wizards can make it a really good series with the Cavaliers. Of course, I think the Cavaliers will win, but I definitely do not think it's going to be a sweep. Where I I could see Cavaliers sweeping Boston.
1: I think that's a whole other pod on how great the Cavs have been. I don't see anyone touching them until LeBron keeps hitting threes like this. But right, it's but just, just like said, it. okay. I don't see him shooting fifty percent from three throughout the rest of the playoffs either. Yeah, well. It seems like he's on a mission right now. I would I would bet against him. But back to Mark's point, it was just yeah, it's a good GM move if you're still getting there. But is that really what the Celtics want? They want to make a conference final and you know lose in five games. I don't I don't I don't know what their end game is. But I, it seems like they want to win now. If they go out and sign Horford and keep Thomas and keep all these assets, but I guess it was more of a deflating. Trade deadline, not necessarily a bad GM move, I guess. What percentage of Eastern Conference
2: GMs do you think really have a chance at upseeding LeBron until he starts to decline?
0: Zero. A very, a very small percentage. I definitely would not say but if zero. Get, but if you, but if
1: you, if you had Paul George and Jimmy Butler, I think that uh, changes the opinion.
2: Okay, but we can't just hold Danny Ainge responsible for not getting both of them when reports were that neither team was, whether it be Indiana or Chicago. Really looking to make that move.
0: I would say even just getting one of them, though. And I agree, if if they're not willing to make the move, they're not willing to make the move. But even if they got one of them, like we saw two years ago, LeBron carried a team of Vadova and Timothy Monskov as his two, you know, second best players to a finals because there was no goddamn competition in the Eastern Conference. You've got Isaiah Thomas, and you've got, uh, and you've got, you know, Paul George and/or Jimmy Butler and one of love or Kyrie goes down with a season-ending injury, which they've been prone to do, there's the gap. That's the open window for you to make a move. Whereas if you don't have George or Butler, even if that happens, even if Kyrie gets hit by a bus tomorrow, Cavaliers are still going to run through Boston like it's a joke. I know. I just don't want to kill
2: Ainge when I'm looking at this thing. If you put either Butler or George on the Celtics right now, I'm still taking the Cavs. So had he he made that move, mortgage the future – and still got beat then we'd be wanting his head. Okay.
0: Well he's tabling he's, tabling he's tabling he's his chips because think about it think about his career and his job. If he can make the Eastern Conference finals for you know, for again, six out of ten years, he's gonna be employed. You know, why yeah. why not defer the chips till you have a better chance? You're probably gonna lose against LeBron. If you defer your chips till he starts to decline and then you win down the line, then you just double, you tripled your career. Yeah, no, we've talked about this a little bit before, and I definitely agree with that strategy. I'm just saying me being a basketball fan, I don't want to see that happen. It might be the best no. GMing ever, but I want to see the team that didn't make any moves fucking lose now if they're going to win later. And it's just being grossed no. out by the fact that they're running out a 5'8 point guard, a six two two guard, basically significantly smaller than every every ideal size of each position. I just need that to. I just need that to lose. Yeah, I'm glad I you. you
1: brought the. I'm glad you brought the size thing up to get back to the Washington Celtics series. You see, Isaiah Thomas on Brad Beal, you know more often than not they have been posting him up. But do you think they're even utilizing Bradley Beal enough in their offense? Or are they giving John Wall just open reign to do whatever he wants? So I feel like they should be focusing on Bradley Beal right now.
0: No, I agree. I mean, just the, it's the it's the prototypical size, six four point guard, six five two guard, going up against five eight, six two. They should be able to take advantage of those situations big time. And it, I don't think it's too dissimilar with the uh, you know the Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol trying to take advantage of Trevor Ariza and Ryan Anderson. As you know, if you're Marquise Morris and you're six ten. You've got to be able to get into the post when you're being guarded by Jay Crowder or Gerald Green, especially, and absolutely feast on those guys. So he's played pretty well, but I don't think he's taken advantage of that uh, as much as he needs to. So, Sammy, you asked me who, who I think is going to get out of, the, out of this, uh, this round, gun to my head, and who I want to get out. I'm going with Washington. If I was, at, if I was in Vegas right now, I'd put all the money on Washington. I'd be livid. If Isaiah Thomas can somehow beat John Wall, it makes me sick. I can't. I can't even watch it for more than five <laughs> how this team plays. I'm disgusted. I'm frustrated. It's oh, I just every basket that I see that that guy puts in, and every foul call when he goes to the line, when he hits 90 percent of his free throws, it, it makes me turn every single time I see it. So Wall, Anything? Wall in six, Wall in six. I, I like it. I'm saying Wall in six as well. I believe. Mark went with Boston? Would, were you or were you saying Boston in seven, Mark? Or were, what do you want? What do you want? Six? I'm saying Boston in seven. And Travis, Before you also going to watch the Wizards?
1: Yeah, but as much as Dylan's hating on Isaiah Thomas right now, it almost makes me want to say Boston. <laughs> I hate Isaiah Thomas. But I go back and forth, but I think I am
2: le- I lean towards hate. And, yeah, I mean, How can you it's, hate not, e- it's not even a knock on Wall. I mean, Wall's played unbelievable. It's just like. I look at Wall and Beal and I just don't get the consistency out of them as a full backcourt as I want. And when you sprinkle that in with some of the other questions or question marks around the roster, um, that's where, that's why I lead Boston. That and the magic.
0: I, you, I you, know what it, you know what it's like? It's like when you watch your team, like when NC State had Julius Hodge, and they were like such, like such a good dynamic team, or like when you get like, I don't even know, like a Florida State when they get a high seed, like with Jonathan Isaac or Dwayne Bacon, and they go against one of these like blue chip programs, these like top Kentucky or Kansas teams. Even if Florida State's playing hotter in the moment, your gut feeling is like this team can't close it out. So like the North Carolina is going to end up finding a way to beat this team, and that's like the feeling that I get with Boston. But I'm really fucking hoping that the Wizards can beat them. I see what you're saying. Boston's always won in the past, so they're always going to keep winning moving forward. And a team like Washington's never going to break through, but I, I got actually a bone to pick, Mark, with your whole consistency thing. I'll absolutely jump on board with your attacking Beals consistently. The guy's like six five two twenty, built like a monster, but he plays like a, as soft as I've seen a guy play. But Wall, this guy's been a goddamn terminator. He's like. He's like Westbrook East. He's always attacking no, no. the basket. He's always getting injured. He's always getting back up. He's always putting up numbers. I mean, point to one bad game he's had in these playoffs so far.
2: I'm not. It's not even a knock on Wall. wall like I said, Wall's played out of his mind. But, it, but you're going to need both of them firing at all cylinders if you're going to win playoff games after the first round again. You know, I, I just think you're going to need peak Wall and peak Beal, and I don't know that you get peak both every single night.
0: Yeah, no, I agree as well. You need to be able to be playing better, but I just, I just been, been so goddamn impressed with Wall. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm the only person. I mean, I I could see Washington pushing Cleveland six, seven games maybe. Um, I think oh, Wall oh, big, big point guard oh. matchups personally, and I think he would come at Kyrie like a goddamn menace, Daddy.
2: Beal shooting 29 percent from three on eight attempts a game this postseason, like that has to change.
0: All right, can I say something, yeah. though? Has it Doesn't he just have that aura about him that he's been shooting 29% from three his entire career, though? <laughs> like, even, <laughs> even though he shot, like, 40% this year or 38 whatever it was, doesn't it feel like he's shooting in the 20s? Well, it's kind of it's like how I always feel about freaking DeRozan and Lowry. It's like they're unbelievable during the regular season, and then they get into the playoffs, and it seems like they can't dribble and, and, and chew gum at the same time. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just uh, like the you, you know
2: I look at Beal and like he's still averaging like 23 a game this postseason that's like he's still putting up numbers it's just like when you're going to get to the playoffs you have to elevate your game what you did in the regular season just isn't good enough if you want to make a name for yourself and if your team wants to go on a run and Beal and like Lowry and DeRozan they don't really take it up a notch and that playing at the same level he did in the regular season just isn't good enough anymore. Yeah.
0: What Mark's trying to say is every time what? he turns on the Wizards-Boston series, it seems like Brad Deal has 11 points off two of nine shooting from three, even though that might not be the <laughs> case. That's what it feels like. <laughs> he falls down a lot, too. He's always on the deck. I don't like it. I it was like, like it, I watched bro. I watched a game with Miles Turner. Did you guys watch the last game Indiana lost? He was only he was only 0 of three from three-point range, but it, it felt like he missed nine threes. Every single three he put up was not even close. It just seemed like he was constantly putting on this basket. Well, I just think, it's, I think what it comes down to, Dylan, that's affecting you so much is if you're turning on the game in a big moment, I have not seen Beale step up. Like when Boston's going on one of their massive what? three-point runs and they need somebody to come in and hit a big shot, Beale has not been the guy to do that yet. He had a chance to wait hey. for him in game two. No, I just say all this. Wall carried them that stress. whole fucking game wall was wall had 21 points in the first quarter. I think he had 21 points and five assists in the first quarter where Beal was just not doing anything.
1: Well, I think you guys are forgetting the last game. They just won. I am pretty sure you missed the whole John wall, Brad Beal game. Brad Bradley Beal is the one that carried them to that win. He had 29 points and 11 of 16 shooting. I don't think they, they win that game without Brad Beal. So and in the closeout games against Atlanta, he was extremely efficient and helped carry them to those um, those game five and game six wins. So I don't I don't understand the yeah, he's had a few inconsistent games and but they still two two. He's coming off his best game. I still have a lot of trust in him, especially if they have a five eight guy guarding him.
0: It always feels Mark or Travis like Beal's playing from ahead though. Like when he's got his twenty nine points and he's balling out, they're up fifteen and it's not really that close of a game. But then when Boston's coming and knocking down the door on a you know like a ten zero run, Beal's nowhere to be found. He just doesn't manufacture a bucket for you.
2: It's also this team's not built to have Bradley Beal have some inconsistent games. like. If this team is going to make a serious playoff run, it's going to have to be those two firing at 150%, just absolutely dominating. And if he's going to be inconsistent, this team's just not going to do very much.
1: It just has to be good for two out of the three games. Yeah. You know, I I completely agree. I'll take the meal bet. All
0: right. That just about does it for Tuesday Night Pod. Uh, We've got our predictions in. Looking forward to these game fives. Hopefully, it's. some eventful games maybe leads to some game sevens we will be checking back in prior to the conference finals and prior to the nba finals so thanks for joining us follow us on twitter and uh, we'll see you next time